Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Luck. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Dr. Homebrew, here to throw up your beer. I'm just kidding. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Dr. Homebrew. We're here. We're here. Brian's here. Keith's here. I'm here. We need more Keith Kevin singing on this show. I need to sing because or else I'll vomit. I don't know. I have a lot of vomit uh, songs. If I was a freestyle rapper, it'd be like MC Pukey or something like that album called songs about vomit <laughs> vomit vomit song songs from the vomitorium songs with disease. <laughs> that's right it would be it would be like uh, classic like roman uh references that sounds like a splatinum record <laughs> oh. uh hope everyone's doing great out there in podcast land we're doing pretty good in here as you can tell we just came off of the imperial stout show Thanks for downloading um, all the ones and zeros, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. It's uh, been very good. And then uh, while we're doling out appreciatory comments, it's a word, right? Uh, thank you to Five Star, our fine sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com. Learn about them, love them, incorporate them into your brew day because I'm telling you right now, you cannot get better than Five Star for cleaning and sanitizing equipment and chemicals. And you cannot get very far in home brewing without cleaning and sanitizing your equipment you just you can't do it i know people who try to skirt the issue we've had beers on this show where people don't really do a very good job and uh you know look man we're we're we're, we're telling you the 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 best thing you can do for your beer is to be clean and the best way you can be clean is five star chemicals telling you telling you thank you five star for keeping my shit clean right. i buy uh pbw by the uh the giant five gallon pail is how yeah. i get it honestly i, I really my do. buddy does that too and then he like splits it off at home Brew meetings, like oh, yeah. well, that's nice. That's yeah. cool. I mean, I use that shit for everything. Oh yeah, for everything. And I clean. My, I clean my stainless pots with it. I clean my sink with it. I clean my bathtub with it. Yeah, it's great. I, I hate the the thing though is when I'm like putting it into another container and up like snorting it, which has to be bad. Yeah, that's not so good. Or like shirt over my face or get like yeah. one of those masks or something. It's always it, that scares me. Yeah, the, you're gonna have a bad time if you try to inhale uh, PBW. You're gonna have a bad it really time. Cleans out your nose. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably better than inhaling caustic. But well, that's probably true. Uh, okay, today on the show we have uh, we have a, a, an American stout. Uh, from Scott, who has been on the show a couple times before, so that'll be fun to, to, to check back in with that dude. Uh, and then we have an Imperial Black IPA. It's another dark beer show. Uh, this is from Eric. And I think we're just going to get Eric. Let's just get Eric on the line right now. Huh? Eric. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Is it ERK? or? It could be ERK. I think it should be ERK. Uh, this poor bastard. I told him we talked to him about half an hour ago. Uh, but that's that's how we roll in Dr. Homebrew. We're just we're a little late sometimes. Eric, are you here, buddy? I'm here. Nice. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? 
Perfect. Uh, sorry, we're getting to you a little bit late. I hope uh, I hope you're you're staying up and drinking lots of coffee because this is a very important interview. It's the interview of your life. Uh, um, no, I'm good. Uh, or not coffee, but uh, just close out the week with a couple beers. There you go. Yeah, boy. So uh, this is your first time on the show, I believe. Uh, is this your first time brewing an Imperial Black IPA, or is this uh, something that you kind of pull out every now and then? No, it's a uh, yeah, it's a uh, first time just kind of trying to do something new. Okay. Uh, what do you normally brew? What do you normally like to brew? I guess double IPA. Um, <laughs> okay. So all right. I kind of figured uh, I would slightly step out. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you you just change the color a little bit. That's fine, right? So this isn't a Vermont Imperial Black IPA, is it? <laughs> it's not hazy enough, if so. <laughs> I did not order up Omega yeast to uh, to make it look like orange juice. No. <laughs> Thank you for doing so. You should see my other beer. Black orange juice. Yeah, for that beer being so good, you're, you've, you've had half a beer in four hours. Well, we've had... Freaking Imperial Stouts all night. What do you expect, JP? And you now have no. a second Christ. beer as well, so it, it obviously isn't that good if you have a second Balanced beer. That's right. This guy trying to tell us that cloudy beers are good. Uh, Eric, how long have you been homebrewing, my friend? Uh, About, I guess, about five years now. Okay. All right, and you're, you're pretty much keying on the uh, the IPAs and the doubles and Imperials and stuff like that. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, point exactly. Where, yeah. I've, been, I've been trying to like step out of my my homeroom a bit and trying trying some new stuff but yeah it's, that those are kind of my 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 go-to beers wait you're not 17 are you <laughs> homeroom what are these high school references here <laughs> this guy's not of legal brewing age, have you been people? sitting down for the bunch of allegiance like recently in, in class like uh, i'm not gonna do the pledge of allegiance i'm just gonna sit in my chair and not you know i'm gonna do my colin kaepernick here and just sit down and yeah, black IPA. Black IPA. Uh, all right, Brian, let's start this one, dude. I'll, I'll throw it to you. All since, right, man. Since you're you're within striking distance. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's an inviting, pleasant aroma to it. It has a nice um, kind of a fruity presentation. I like. I get the the fruitier hops right away. It's kind of citrus and like tropical. Not super bright, but they're there at a, at a good enough level where you know it's it's clean and it's it's um, it's. It, fairly fresh smelling the hop intensity could be a little a little higher um but um you know there's a range it can be allowed so that's cool um seems like a very clean ale fermentation uh i didn't get any dms acid acid aldehyde no funky stuff really um the malt is low restrained the alcohol is low and restrained it seems like it's not like wow this is a big huge beer it's when it's imperial you want to judge it like okay you know i want to smell a little more alcohol but um you know there's a range for that as well you can have some imperialized beers that are you know uh well i mean ipa it, it already you know goes up to sevens or so you know regular ipa so you want to an imperial one can start in the eights and go up up from there greatly towards you know you these days a double ipa is like what a, a triple ipa right? used to be yeah dude. and then they're going to invent a style called quadruple ipa and then the triples are going to drift up there and pretty soon this will just be like a pale ale, but it's eight, <laughs> I guess it's eight and a half percent. So yeah, the alcohol is really smooth for what's there. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm foaming at the mouth here. Um, the malt is kind of backgroundy, low restrained base malt, a uh, bit of caramel, uh, but it's out of the way. It's not not bothering anything. Um, you know the alcohol that is there is pretty smooth. Appearance wise, it's a nice rich 
dark brownish color, has a low light tan head, stuck around fairly well. Um, the clarity seems okay. It's It was um, hard to see when the glass was fuller, but as I drink it down, it does seem like it's pretty clear. Um, finer bubbles and a little bit of frothiness around it. It turned into kind of a color on the glass, color of uh, some froth and foam and, and uh, yeah, finer bubbles mostly. Flavor-wise, the malt is smooth. So I'm like, okay, so I'm like talking about the malt first on an IPA here too. That's another thing, but um, you know, the malt was good and smooth, and then the, you get the fruity esters in there with it. Uh, it has a bit of caramel, and the, the so the way it's expressing itself is a a faint dark uh, dark malt note, which is again out of the way, a little like light light chocolatey thing. So it's okay to style. It's not over the top on the malt thing, but I'm noticing the malt more than maybe I should. <laughs> it's just <laughs> and it dries out nicely too. So like the hops are somewhat muted. But what is there is clean and citrusy and pleasant. So um, I, I liked it. It's it's nice and drinkable. It's like kind of reminds me of. I was thinking of it like uh, I don't know if you have the the Wookie Jack, you know, hmm. that they totally. can't get in bottles anymore. But it's like it's like a Wookie Jack kind of. Yeah. That balance where it's not like over the top, like it's gonna wallop you over the side of the heads. Well, I mean, when the stuff is fresh, it 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 is pretty hoppy, but. Um, you know, most of the bottles you get are faded a little bit. You know, they're not like fresh from the brewery two days ago, so they're a little more muted on the hops, and, and that happens pretty fast, especially when you get a little more malt in there. But um, I really like the mouthfeel of the beer too. It was um, um, crisp, smooth drinking. The body felt pretty light, and it was you know just uh, no obvious warmth really. What they'll call again smooth, sneaky. Um, carbonation is <laughs> kind of medium low. Um, no astringency or anything. Um, there's not very, you know, no big creaminess or anything weird like that. It's just quenching instead. It's like drying and quenching kind of as expected. It's, it's a quaffable beer for sure. Uh, so yeah, overall, that was a pleasant drinking Imperial Black IPA. I don't know that I'd call it like, you know, the Imperial thing is a little deceiving because it's like, you really want it to wallop you over the head with, with the alcohol these days. And it's, you know, it's not doing that. It's on the lower end for that style, which is fine. Um, it might have judged better even as a, a, a regular um, black IPA. Oh, really? Just without the imperial designation? I don't know that. Okay. You know, to, even if it, like, technically by the numbers, it should be an imperial IPA territory. But if it's smooth and it, the alcohol that's there is, you know, just like a big IPA, regular IPA, then you could get away with that, uh, just calling it that way. You know, if it's starting to get a little hotter, and he's like, okay, I better call this a double, you know. <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, the alcohol that you, the fermentation you carried out has done a really good job of keeping those yeah. higher, higher alcohols in check. So, yeah, it seems like alcohol could come up a bit if you want to really declare it that way. I, but, um, yeah, just a very smooth beer, medium-high alcohol content. Um, you could definitely bring up the, the dry hops a fair amount and um, increase that hop intensity that's there, but... I like what is there. It's smooth. I, I, it was like kind of a mid-30s beer. I gave it like a 35. So that was smooth and very drinkable and kind of like a slightly aged Wookiee Jack, I guess you could say. Okay. Yeah, thanks for sharing it. Very good. Very good. Excuse me. Keith, are you ready, buddy? I think I am. Let's do this. Okay. Let's so, see what you got. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm rocking here with the uh, medium high citrus on the nose. Uh, not very much roast. It's kind of kind of subdued, which is fine for the style. I, li I like that uh, being, you know, it's it's uh, not really going to be a stout. I'm looking for uh, just to 
you know, a, a dark beer, but doesn't have a ton of roast in it. Uh, some caramel, caramel and malt uh, sweetness. Uh, I, for some reason, sometimes I get this like strange low phenol level in certain hops, so I, I get that. But um, as I, I go through it and taste later on, I'm not really picking. It's not it's not a phenol fermentation thing. It is just from the hops a little bit. Uh, so I think that's cool. Uh, so it's probably more just like a hop spiciness there that I'm tasting. Um, I could see that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Color-wise, it is dark brown, and it's kind of like, you know, things. one of the things I hate about black IPAs is that sometimes they're not really black. Um, it's hard to get them totally black without making it ash. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we can talk about recipe yes. stuff and thing like that, things like that later, and there are ways to get closer to that, but it's... It's it is brownish. It is pretty. It's pretty dark. It's it's pretty. It's pretty good for the style. Um, fairly clear, low low ten color ahead. Um, decent head retention as well. I, actually, it's, it's probably a little bit better than decent. It's really good at head retention. Um, so in terms of flavor, I get a, a fruity and flowery, light citrus. Uh, they, Honestly, a little subdued for the the style again here. I'm looking for something jumping out of the glass at me, uh, especially for an imperial. Even though you know you want the alcohol there, you also want the uh, over the top aroma flavor hops. And I think now we're looking at like yeah, this is kind of okay. And as as uh, Brian was mentioning, uh, you know we're, we're looking at like yeah, it reminds me of Wookie Jack for maybe a couple months past. But you know anytime your beer is compared to Wookie Jack, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Firestone Walker. Yeah, oh. because Wookie Jack has that kind of a it's little like bit of the astringent with the dark roast character. Yeah. 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 So I think one of the funniest things for me, like tasting it wise, it reminds me of, you know, there's a, like not much roast, but maybe just a tiny bit. And it reminds me of like a light roast coffee. So like back in my neighborhood, there's like Fork Barrel, which makes great, great coffee in San Francisco. And they make some really great citrusy coffee. You know, they roast some citrusy coffees that are awesome. And this kind of reminds me of that sometimes when I have one of those. I'm like, yeah, this, this is and it's an awesome thing. And it's like it's a real low roast, but it has a lot of citrus. And I'm like, oh, I never really thought about beer and coffee that way together before so this really reminded me of that so it was kind of fun um hot bitterness i thought was a little low for this style um everybody wants their their beer their ipas to be a little bit less hoppy but i thought for an imperial ipa black imperial ipa this was a little on the low side in terms of hoppiness very drinkable though um maybe this is the way the style is going in general um got a little of that phenol flavor too but it's it really is kind of kind of subtle uh medium body medium high carbonation just a touch of warming um overall though it was pretty crisp beer i I, I would love to ask you about the ph of your your mash and uh you know feels like on the low side just it feels like it's pretty easy beer to drink i like that about it um love love the beer overall Thought it was very tasty. I just thought in a competition, again, um, if I were judging this, I'd be like, this beer is really, really great. But um, I would assume there's going to be something coming down the line that's a little bit hoppier. Maybe it's a matter of age at this point in time. But I would love to see you kick up the the dry hopping a little bit more, um, the flavor hops a little more, just everything in general. But like I said, it could be an aging sort of thing more than anything else. And uh, for a double IPA, um, I'm fine with the 8.5 or wherever you said it was. Uh, that, that to me makes perfect sense. It doesn't need to be a 10% to be a double IPA or a double IPA black IPA. Um, maybe a little cinema, a little more cinema to make it a little bit darker, something to cheat just to make it a little more black. I think, uh, 
And I see double uh, a black IPA is a brown IPA. I'm just. Do they make eh. black food coloring? Like you yeah. can just cheat. They, they all actually the do. Way. They do, but it makes things look more like bluish, greenish than black. Uh, yeah. Um, well, you said the Sinmar. That's like essentially Superman's what it is, right? Yeah. On the cartoons. Yeah. And, and I think I think that's it. Um, okay. Cool. Uh, what was yeah, I mean, the... I, I, the other other option would be like to? Sorry, I, I said I was done. Go I'm going to jump in again. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I'm interested in how you, you did the black malt. I mean, the other one is obviously the cold, cold steep, something like Carafa, uh, and then add that to the boil as well. So there's 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 a lot of options there. But so I think Keith wants to know how fresh your beer is. What uh, about um, about uh, two months old? I okay. Think. Yeah. Okay. And then the next question is like oxygen intake and how you're dry hopping. And there, I have a lot, I would have a lot of questions about IPAs and I'm pretty opinionated about that sort of stuff. So, um, how do you, how long do you dry hop? I mean, we should talk about hops to start with. I think that's a really, yeah. any IPA, we should talk about what kind of hops you're using when you use them, the whole process with all of that. Well, so. let's run through your recipe real quick, Eric. You want to, you want to give us what you did? Sure. Sure. Um, so I'll start with the malt, uh, so base malt, of course, two row, no surprise there, about 78%. Um, added Munich, about 11% Munich there. Kara uh, uh, Munich, about 6%. Uh, Carafa 3, about 4%. And then just a touch of chocolate wheat malt, 1%. Uh, so that's the malt bill. Um, actually, hops are pretty basic. I did uh, for my bittering warrior, um, and then a bunch of late hop editions: Centennial, Columbus, Centennial. Simcoe. Um, and then for the dry hop, pretty short dry hop for uh, probably IPA standard, um, only about five days. So Centennial and Simcoe and the dry hop, um, kind of my standard dry hop practice is when the gravity really starts slowing down mm -hmm. i'll pull the yeast off and then throw the dry hops in and i usually pick up maybe like two to three points on it so it's definitely still fermenting so i'm hoping it's still pushing some oxygen out um filling it with uh, co2 yeah, a lot of people like to do that to keep, you know, it'll, it'll. That's good. That's a good thing. Well, it'll, you know, you, when, when you add when it's still fermenting, it's still going to scrub out some of the hop character. But yeah, you, the risk of oxygenation is, is a lot less. And, yeah. uh, you know, to me, having less hop character is is better than having an oxidized, cheesy, horrible <laughs> yeah, hop character. Yeah. So, you know, I like to do that too sometimes. Okay. It is a tough call. I agree with Brian. I mean, I, I've heard that before too, and uh, and I, I don't think five days is a short period of time. But um, oh, that's fine. Yeah. I'm in a weird. I'm in a weird thing. I like doing like 72 degrees for two or three days, but that's just just me. But, um, but yeah, no, no, no. I think that that's that sounds like a, a good period of time. Yeah. The t the temperature I ran at um, for the dry hop was definitely it was like 67 degrees. So, okay. Um, I haven't. Uh, I'm always, I don't know why I am, but I'm scared about going any higher. I always feel like some magical bacteria is going to get in there and start eating up my beer. Well, it might. So, the you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they always say hop, dry hopping isn't going to, you know, and I'm, I'm so paranoid. Like, 
you're, you're pouring something from a hot bag that you probably reached your finger into earlier. And <laughs> right. Who, you know, who knows what's in there. But Especially just, your fingers, Brian. For some I mean, reason, yeah. <laughs> look at them right now. Those guitars you've touched. And, yeah. uh, you know, how many, last, when's the last time you changed your strings? I change my strings all the time because my fingers, like, corrode metal. and it's You're yeah. acid, man. You have a, you're a weird superhero. Strongly acid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. That that seems like a good process. Is there any like is there such a thing as hot dry hopping? Like would you dry hop at ninety degrees or something after after primary? It sounds like <laughs> a, a brulosophy episode now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's do it. Let's get that guy on here again. I liked I liked the brulosophy guy. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, do a triangle test. Well, uh do we have any questions, Eric? Do you have any any more questions for the guys? Hey you guys asked about the pH. I was gonna say um I didn't measure pH past the mash, but it was uh, the mash pH was five four six. Um, kind of curious, you know. You guys uh, said that um, the hop presence wasn't quite where you want it to be, or well, I, I guess I declared it as an imperial. Um, I just said that because of the alcohol content. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of exactly why I put it there. But maybe um, it wasn't quite there, and maybe there needed to be more hot punch, or maybe a more alcohol punch on it to be there. I think, I think sometimes, <laughs> like when you enter a competition, like it's it's about taste. You just taste it yourself, and you think about is that an imperial or is that a regular IPA? And for us today, that's that's fine. And saying is, oh, I looked at the numbers, and that that's what it means to me. But it wasn't very highly alcoholic. So if if I were actually really entering this in a in a competition. I don't know. It's a borderline sort of thing, and I don't think many judges are going to pick up on being too hot. Maybe Brian will because he has uh, fingers that corrode uh, guitar strings or whatever. But uh, but no, I mean it's a really tough call. I mean, I think like no matter what the numbers actually end up being, it's more about what you taste and your flavor wise. Uh, you know, in your mind, what what it, how it works out. But I think it's more about for an IPA. It's always about the hop like intensity and then then the alcohol yeah. with that and i just felt like for this like the hop intensity wasn't wasn't jumping out even the bitterness and you know it, you know it, everybody wants a less bitter ipa than they used to want even judges want that now so it's a, it's a weird changing state of affairs in terms of judging um but what, what would push this to an imperial well, when you think Imperial IPA, which is you subjective, think, I you guess, think a but, lot yeah. of hops, and that's yeah. all, like, you know, to Eric's point, like, yeah, well, he declared it Imperial because technically by the numbers, it is Imperial. Mm-hmm. It's that strong, and that's fine. You know, with alcohol, it happens to be really smooth. Is it Imperial, imperial enough? Keith says, eh, you know, and is it is it black enough? Well, is it is it IPA enough? Is it hoppy enough? Well, you know, it's like. It's almost there on all three of those things to be imperial black IPA. It's that. So it's, it's not just one. It's know, not just one thing. Like if he just well, put, punched a little that, like twenty percent more hops in there. I want something that's you know pitch black, doesn't have any roast character flavor in it whatsoever, and is hoppy as fuck. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, ideally, I was speaking like, and, and no, not to knock on this beer because it's really enjoyable. I like and I like Wookie Jack even a little past his prime, um, but you know. 
it's does it scream Imperial Black IPA? I don't know. That's, and that's just into the esoterics of being a stupid beer judge and doing your thing. You know, like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just getting it too also, picky for my own good. Like, you know? like, it also matters what you're judging against that day in a competition. Right, you know, it, right. it, it all depends. Do you want to win or do you want to get feedback or what you're looking yeah. to do? You know, and that's or do kind you of just a, want to make good beer that you can drink? And this yeah. is, I could have a, I could yeah. have a couple of pints with, uh, with you of this beer. It's very I mean, I, I could totally see this at the judge table being picked out of the other flight or the rest of the flight because it's not quote unquote imperial it's not overtly one thing it, it, like you yeah. were saying it, it's kind of writing that line and that's the thing yeah um and so that could totally work to you have you entered this by the way eric in any competitions i have not no yeah. i could see it i could see it playing to your advantage sometimes uh because like the guys are saying you know people want maybe some of that less there is a lot of flavor i would maybe back the roast down a little bit and maybe maybe goose the the hops up a little bit but for the most part i don't know i mean it, it's a gamble fuck to it play a counter to that though yeah. at the same time when you're having a beer submitted for judging the judges are tasting a very small amount of it and to really win a judge over your beer needs to stand out intensity more than the others so intensity mm. sometimes and like a lot of jamil's recipes lean towards the more intense side of the style and you find that all of us are going to well, not all of them i don't want to generalize too much but they're geared towards what will impress a judge and he obviously knows how to do it well and, and right. his brewing technique is awesome and, and you know heretic they're doing some some cool stuff over there but you know is that what you want to drink for yourself you know if this is what you, this is what you like hell i could drink a lot of it too so yeah know, it's all good yeah, I think Cinemar is the other thing that we, you know, we kind of yeah. mentioned, you know, if, if you know what that is or not, Eric, and and it's not available from everyone, but it, it is a basically a, a, a malt-derived darkening agent that is pretty much like Carafa in liquid form that is very, you know, not roasty at all. So you can add it and not get, you can get a little more color and not have to get much, much flavor at all. But you sound like you wanted, you wanted some of the, that flavor, which you got, but it wasn't like, none of us were like, well, it's way too roasty. This is like a, yeah. that's the worst thing in Imperial. Most times when you get a, a black IPA in a competition, you're like, oh, okay, you should have been in the American stout category. You didn't do that. You, you did a great job of not doing that. So that, that that's... <laughs> It's funny though too because I was just t- thinking about Cinemar with uh, we brewed um, a Berliner Weiss and uh, mm. my buddy and I <laughs> were brewing a Berliner Weiss to try to uh, uh, for a competition we're going to be entering, but um, it came out too dark and it was just you know I don't know I think the, the work got a little oxidized or something before we added the bugs and then it just it darkened a little bit and then when we boiled it, it got even a little darker but so it's like. Not to color, it, you know, it need to be super light. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we could make it a, you know, we're not gonna probably enter it in that competition. We've brewed some some more batches since, but it's like we're gonna add some cinema and just call it a, a black Berliner Weiss. It, <laughs> it tastes pretty good. That sounds awesome, man. I'm, I'm gonna like, do that now. I'm gonna rip that idea. Just off. turn it into a novelty, you know. There yeah. you go. Don't rip off my idea. Oh, it'd be like a, a black and blackberry Berliner yeah. Weiss. <laughs> yeah. uh, Eric, do you have any more questions for the guys, or should we let you go? Sorry, Eric. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, no, I uh, appreciate the comments. Um, helpful. Uh, really, uh, no, it's good. Uh, no, nothing else from me. Cool. Yeah, well, thanks for sending your beer in, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a fun one. Thank you. And uh, thanks for your comments on it, guys. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Eric. All right, buddy. Take it easy. All right. Bye. Bye. So I, I want cool Keith, beer. Keith to bring back some of that berry coffee the next time I see him, and, and we'll make a black IPA made only with coffee as the darkening agent. How about that? That'd be cool. 
That'd be cool. Yeah, you get the right light roast coffee. And if it that tastes too good. coffee-like, then we'll just call it a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like if you could just get it to where the coffee is just a bright citrusy one that's not too darkly roasted. Yeah, like and, a Kenya coffee or yeah, some some one of the more of the more African out, coffees. There's yeah, still some coffee. acidity, yeah. but light roast because you can get that maybe light blueberry quality from that too, which and would be pretty that. interesting balance the malt and just hop the hell out of it and, and yeah. see what happens. Though. Yeah, for sure. I, I, was right, trying, I, I was trying to work for Fair, Four Barrel to be one of the sponsors of the show. Was my, my, yeah. my angle there. But like, yeah, they still can. Sponsorships are now open. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. It's Dr. Homebrew. <laughs> Stay tuned. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today admit it Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance. The Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button. Improve repeatability and refine your recipes with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of home brewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of home brewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. I don't have a song for this one. I don't have a song for this one. Maybe I just do now. Uh, Before we get too, uh, you know, too crazy with the whole thing. (laughs) Dr. Homebrew. Um, I want to tell you guys about Crafter Brew. Our friends at Crafter Brew uh, have a new fermenter called the Catalyst. We've talked about it before, but we can't talk enough about it. It's extremely awesome, very compact, made from plastic that's over 90% more scratch resistant than other plastic conicals, and... 71% less oxygen permeable. So it's not just another plastic bucket that's shaped like a cone. This is a very different animal. It has a low-profile stand, uh, which can let you fit it snugly into a fridge or even right on your counter, depending on what you're doing. Cleaning is a breeze because the entire lid snaps off, so you can be sure to get all those little crusties off the side after your fermentation. And perhaps the best part is the giant 3-inch butterfly valve at the bottom, allowing you to attach any size mason jar at the bottom for yeast collection during fermentation. You can learn 
learn more about the catalyst and all the other fine stuff over at craftabrew.com. Yeah, I just filled my catalyst up with that. So it's the, my second batch of the Berliner Weiss, the one that's not too dark. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I fast soured it at like um, uh, 98 degrees for about 72 hours on the, with the Giga Yeast fast souring blend. And uh, oof, yeah, it's tart. It smelled like boiling a, a, like a mold cider. It was so like tart and, and just... Um, and there was like a lemony smell to it too, and just yeah, interesting. But I put that in the catalyst, and it's going away there now. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that's it's a nice product. Awesome, that's cool, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm just telling Scott it's to call three-inch butterfly valve and all that fun stuff. But yeah, that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really a cool thing, man. I haven't used it yet, but uh, when it when it showed up and I passed it on to you, I was checking it out. It seems really really sturdy. It is, yeah. I like it. All right, we're about to get Scott on the phone here. He has an American stout for us that we're drinking currently right now. Um, yeah. Just waiting on Scott, you know. Okay. That guy. He's like, I forgot the phone number. How do you forget the phone number? Jerk. He's calling right now. Okay. He's calling right now, everybody. Don't worry about it. Don't panic. Stop saying mean things about him, JP. Scott A.B. is on, is on the case. There he is. All right. Scott, are you there? I'm here. All right, how you doing, man? Good to see, good to hear from you again, Chief. Yeah, man. Hey, you too. Uh, okay, so you've been on the phone before with us. Actually, you've been in the studio, I think. Yeah. Couple times. Okay. All right. And how was that uh, experience for you? Was it amazing? It was life changing. Nice. All you ever really dreamed it would be. Explain to us how how much we changed your brewing from just those few uh, few appearances, please. And, please, and don't leave anything out for about twenty minutes here. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> keep going. <laughs> well, it was over a year and a half ago. Last time I was there, and at the time, I really wanted to get some uh, feedback from Brian and Lee yeah. about judging. And since then, I've organized the Fresno Fair Homebrew Competition twice. Oh wow! And okay. I judge. Good for you, I judge at the Orange. Yeah, I judge at the Orange County Fair, homebrew, and at a, a Santa Cruz organic um, homebrew competition a few weeks ago too. So wait, you're saying we inspired you? Like that's crazy. Yes, you guys were my inspiration. <laughs> good. Man, I'm glad you're getting into judging, man. That's good on you, brother. Yeah, I appreciate it. We need we need more judges, man. Okay, well, so I'm you have <laughs> you have an American stout. That you sent us? That's what I said. All right. Uh, Brian, why don't you go ahead and start off, man? Tell Scott all about his American stout. Okay. You know, I like the aroma in the spirit. It has a pleasant roast malt in the nose and uh, smooth. It's got a clean, low, you know, the hop is kind of low and indistinct. There's definitely some hops there balancing against the malt and the, the roast. Um, you know, moderate fruity esters, chocolatey and, and lightly sweet smelling. I didn't get any DMS or Dacil, no. No obvious alcohol, just a pleasant, pleasant aroma. Fairly rich. Um, color-wise, it's a nice brownish, um, well, deep, brownish black color, with a uh, brownish head and uh, brownish, brownish, brownish. Seems seems to be clear, but it's hard to see through. Um, yeah, it's like kind of a light brown head, and it's sticking around pretty well. Um, finer bubbles, and um, yeah. Appearance-wise, again, how do you mess up a stout too badly? Um, the malt, uh, it's it's very rich in the flavor. So, like, it's it's another one of these that kind of surprises you in the flavor a little bit. 
It has flavors. Flavors. It has lots of flavors. And you get into it, and it's like very rich, and it's leaning towards the ashy side of things. And um, a little more of the burnt flavors than like the middle chocolatey. You know, there's it's all ash and roast up front, and it's a little bit biting. The hot bitterness seems to be out of the way. Um, but then the ashy black malts bring that bitterness back up. It's, it, it feels almost a little too bitter. It's, it's, a little, it's too bitter. Uh, the balance is definitely to the malt uh, and the roasted malts. Uh, the fermentation seems very clean, and it finishes uh, medium dry nicely. Um, you get a little bit, you know, um, ashiness in the aftertaste. And there's a low coffee, like dark coffee there, but it's um, there's barely any chocolate with everything else that's there. So um, just a little too much roast. Uh, Mouthfeel-wise, medium-bodied. There's a kind of a biting astringency from the roast malt as well in there too. Um, it could be that you know it was um, steeped or, or sparged at too high of a temperature or too you know too um yeah low ph too much sparging just just too much um uh it's not too acidic but um the the dryness with all the roasted there and everything it's just it's not creamy and smooth at all there's no um this no smoothness to it sadly um but um you know it's it's again it, these are mostly finer points it's it's very drinkable and and um clean uh, just a little out of balance for the American stout style, I found. Um, and there's no obvious warmth in here. That's out of the way. The carbonation's medium low. But, yeah, it's a nice cleanly brewed beer. Just massively roasty and ashy and, and a lot of burnt flavors in it. And they're kind of obliterating, obliterating all the, the other stuff that should be underneath that. And, you know, a little light. I mean, you know, American stouts can be pretty roasty and pretty rich. But it's just a little over the top on that front. And... I don't know if you like it. Maybe it's a beer that you brewed for us before, and we told you, yeah, you need to bump that. You need to bump that roast malt way the hell up because this is just not roasty enough. Um, if you if we told you to do that, don't listen to us at all ever. And um, just brew it how you whatever you were doing before was probably fine. Um, no, no, it's you know it, it's 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 mostly nuanced stuff and balanced stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way the flavors are playing off each other though, it's just it's kind of one dimensional to me. So. It's still drinkable and interesting, but I, I gave it a 29. I thought it was, you know, it's it's a good beer. It's, you know, it just, just missed the mark a little bit on the style. Okay, yeah, fair enough. All right, Wait, young man. Can we continue, though? I, I got to let you know that I had a co-brewer. Now that you pointed out all oh, the... You can blame it all on the co-brewer. But yeah, Steve and Zach. But those things, those things that you pointed out, those were my fault because it was my recipe. Uh, we used my friend Steven Zach's equipment. We brewed it together. Well, you guys were drinking too much beer together. Let the, <laughs> the sparks go a little too long. And, I don't know. I'll tell you about the recipe when you guys are okay. Yeah. Done. All right, go for it, man. Let's Thanks. do this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're. I think Brian and I are going to be somewhere in the same place. I had a, a big roast caramel. I got a, a, a strange notes of. Uh, I was trying to figure out what it was, but it was like puffed wheat was the aroma that hmm. I was getting from it. Uh, Kind of like a, a opening up a bag of puffed weed, or I think are there multiple multiple puffed 
cereal flavors that they sell sell in big bags. But that was that was, uh, I was yeah. getting in part of that. It was kind of super sugar puffs. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those. I'm like, oh, that's pretty kind of interesting. Uh, couldn't couldn't place it initially. I'm like, ah, oh, I got it. And, and it's one of those moments when you're really happy that you actually can remember that you smelled something that you didn't like in your earlier life. Um, but yeah, so a light resiny hop character overall, really clean, light chocolate. But once again, aroma. I think the biggest thing for me was that that big roast character. Um, appearance. I mean, it, it's going to be the same thing. Black with a big band, big tan head. Uh, it dissipates a little bit. There is that that color on our on uh, on our glasses here. Um, but overall, yeah, really good looking stout. I mean, nothing nothing wrong there at all. Um, so in terms of flavor, again, deep roast. Uh, it reminds me, you know, everything they talk about in the style guidelines about like not being overly burnt coffee. You're just towing the edge right there. It's like t- coffee grounds. It's like eh, it's a little too much, you know. Uh, that's that's probably the, the the biggest hit on this beer. And in general, like there's some sweetness there that sort of balances that, but just not enough. And I think it is more of that that you know the, the big coffee ground flavor. Too much roast. That's that's killing it. Uh, bitterness in terms of burn, bitterness, sweetness are generally okay. The uh, astringency from the uh, from the dark malt is starting to turn that over a little bit more in, ter- in terms of uh, in terms of bitterness. Um, hop flavor wasn't getting any at all. Um, fermentation characteristics and flavor all really really spot on. You did a great job there in terms of fermentation. Uh, Mouthfeel uh, once again astringency is is the main problem from the dark malt. Um, it's pretty intense. Um, not really much creaminess. Yeah, maybe actually, there's maybe like a medium creaminess here, but the astringency sort of fights with that a little bit. Um, body body is medium full, and uh, maybe just a touch of alcohol and medium carbonation. Um, as Brian said, it's a really rose focused stout. Um, I like a lot, a lot about it, but it's just it just toned down the, the roastiness some. Um, I'd love to see it, you know, again some of the beers that they were really roasty from the past, like Obsidian Stout, uh, maybe Bell's Bell Stout as well. Uh, how roasty they were and how what what we expect right now is it, you know, are we, you know, now over roasting our beers or were they used to be over roasty or where we are, but. To me, like compared to some of the, the styles I've had recently, this feels like this is a very uh, heavy on the rose sort of beer, like mid '90s kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I hate to say that about stouts, and I, I do really enjoy those old beers, um, and I think they still kind of maybe make them the same way. Um, they may have a little more sweetness. The Obsidian mm. Stout is a pretty freaking roasty beer, but it has a, a pretty good backbone to it that makes kind of balances that out. And I think a lot of judges that I know would say that Obsidian is pretty roasty astringent, but um, I think it gets a, away with it because it's yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't think you're far off here. I just think some tweaks, uh, maybe dialing back the roast a little bit, maybe dialing up the sweetness a little bit more would get you right in that same same sort of category. Yeah, it'd be nice to know where it finished too, because it does feel pretty dry. Yeah, let's run through the recipe, Scott. Come on, come on, come on. What are you doing? OGFG. Malt. Okay, so um, started at ten seventy. Yeah. Finished at ten twenty one. Oh. So it's six and a half, ABB. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was kind of concerned uh, that it was going to be astringent and overly kind of harsh with all the roasted grains. What I was going for 
was I was trying to make a stout that was layered and and like complex, you know. So I kind of went overboard. So I, I have some redundant ingredients. Like I used midnight wheat and black prince. Hmm. I used I used a buttload of chocolate malt and roasted barley, and I used victory malt, flaked oats, flaked barley. But only about fifty percent of the grain bill was marathon. Wow! I think it just went overboard with all the specialty mix. Yeah, fifty percent base malt and the rest dark and chocolate and everything else. That sounds like well, a, unless you count sounds like a lot. Oats is part of the base malt. Oats okay. Well, oats would lean toward that side. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I got that creaminess yeah. too from the beer, which is interesting because it was kind of like fighting the astringency, but I could actually pick that up. That that wasn't like. Yeah, it wasn't thin or, you know, it was like, yeah, it's, it's still there. But, yeah, I think that's a lot of different dark malts that you're <laughs> using. So it was definitely like an experimental recipe, it sounds like. Yeah, I think it would go. I made quite a few stouts, and this one I was just going for some complexity, and yeah. I just went a little overboard with that. <laughs> yeah, again, you probably listened to us, and I was like, well, you're, yeah, your recipe is too simple and one-dimensional. You need to add this and that and something else, and maybe a little of that, and maybe something. And, uh, it, it does feel a little bit like uh, chewing on some dark malt, and which you shouldn't ever do, but, you know, occasionally I always say, you know, I grab malt tonight. I do. We talked about earlier, like, hey, grab, you know, grab percentage of malt and put it in your mouth. Uh, and this reminds you a little bit of, like, chewing on, like, maybe some, like, you know, pale chocolate or something. You're like, ah, it's a little bit... Yeah. yeah, the hundred, the old hundred grain uh, beer recipe. Because I think if you did, if you did that experiment with this beer, I think right away you would, you would be overwhelmed with the, with the um, roast. I don't think you, the hundred grain experiment. I don't think it would work with stouts at all, though. I think anytime you put the dark malt in your mouth, it would probably not taste. Oh yeah, you think so? Well, yeah, try, yeah we you're probably it. right. Next show we could uh... <laughs> just try it out. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right actually. Because yeah, you get that. Uh, like patent or roasted barley or something that just disintegrates in your mouth. It doesn't really chew. Yeah, probably. What was the water like in the pH and all that stuff if you took pH readings? Well, we used well water that has a, a pH, starting pH of uh, 7.93. Okay. And with all those dark malts, I didn't really, yeah. well, I need a new pH meter too, but with all those dark malts, I just figured it's going to take it down right. to the 5 point something. It- um, Probably was, yeah. Usually, it seemed pretty solid. It wasn't sour. I mean, that's the no, biggest thing it wasn't, to look for. Is, it wasn't really acidic, so that yeah. the water seemed about right as far as that goes, not too minerally or sour. I use Edinburgh mm. yeast, too, and we fermented oh. it at 62 degrees. Like, oh. really, really low, really cold for, for nail yeast. Yeah. And the hops, well, yeah, the hops a little are just Galena. A little fruitiness Galena, from the yeast okay. might help to accent some of the stuff that's going on, too. It's like there's... There's not a lot of sweetness. I mean, the sweetness is coming across in a weird way. It's like there's a little bit there, but it's not. What what should his base malt be ideally? Not fifty percent, but seventy. I mean, where where uh, where I mean, can can we give him a little target for this? We can we start with Guinness if you wanted to, and uh, what, what's the old Guinness Ooh. recipe? Is uh, it's it's crazy by the way, and that's you want to you want to go from there and go down. Yeah. Uh, so it's like Guinness is like what six? I should know this off the top of my head, but it's like sixty-five, ten, and I, I'm not messing it up. But like, look at look at the Guinness recipe and go down from there. So 
Uh, now I'm just totally fucking it up. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a lot of lot of stouts tonight, but uh, I used to always use Guinness as a, as a baseline, and Guinness is supposed to be like overly roasting. You don't you know don't necessarily want that, but it's like mm. three ingredients: base malt, uh, flake barley, and and roasted malt. I think roasted malt makes up ten percent of that. So you can move from the there. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. The, I know. The I know the flaked is ten percent as well. That's yeah, their magic so number. I think, so I think that's kind of like yeah. So it's a ten ten and and maybe yeah from there the seventy five. So that whatever, okay. that, that makes yeah. It's not that doesn't, that's not the math of course. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought it was fifteen, but whatever. Okay. Uh, but yeah. So I think the the roasted yeah we can look that up. But like you, I don't know what the exact number should be, but you gotta you gotta find that. And sometimes it's it's the magic of your own system and how much you're sparging and and are you. Gonna you know you're gonna do the Gordon Strong thing and put it in uh, at the uh, at the sparge or you know steep and all that sort of stuff and it all depends on some some like your water and all that sort of thing but um, it, it is it is a little bit of playing with what you're doing but I would be careful with you know I would start s- smaller and then bring up from there and I think JP the last beer you brought us uh, I think was you know a couple shows ago that mm-hmm. you, yeah you were you were really like sort of Messing with that a little bit and like sort of like tweaking finding, it out. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. have to. Yeah, you have yeah, to. Yeah. In dark beards, you kind of have to find your own your own way. Because uh, it, it is, of, it's, it's it, it, and I think maybe this beer has uh, suffers from some of this too. It's easy to miss that mid ground, that mid palate in a dark beer. Because you're focusing yeah. on kind of the dark, the dark grains, uh, and then you know you have to have obviously your base malt there. But it's easy to miss that that kind of mid palate shift between the malt and then and the end of the roast yeah and that's why stout tastes uh, or you know guinness tastes so roasty is because yeah it's just those three ingredients there's no middle malts it's just the roasted barley mm-hmm. the flaked and but the, the nitrogen the base malt covers and then, yeah, all of it. it helps that, it's that smooths everything out i've always i've always I, oh i will go to my grave saying this but i think that the nitrogen in that guinness like that beer is built for the nitrogen yeah. you can't just nitrogenate any fucking beer i think you need to take some of that sweet malt out if you want to have it on nitrogen right Right, the smoothness is coming from the nitro. Yeah, yeah. that's totally it. And uh, then, but also a lot of times, sometimes simpler is better. You want to just, you know, instead of having ten malts in your beer, try, you know, three or four and see, you know, bring out what you want to bring out, and then maybe take away something before you add something else. Yeah, it's like the EQing when you're you're doing a mix in the studio. It's like, well, I can't hear the guitars. It was like because you didn't EQ the drums right and the basses. Like filling out the middle ground, you want to have everything play harmoniously together and get the balance right, and dial out certain things to make other ones shine through. You got that, Scott? EQ the beer, that. and you know, EQ it. What I, what I have a problem with holding back on the roasted grains is, I want the aroma, and it's hard to get uh, the right amount of aroma without going too far on the roasted grains too, to to actually have the roasted malt aroma coming out of it it's it's really easy to use too much and have it be all astringent and ashy yeah yeah so. maybe find, finding something to smooth it out you know like the the flake barley or some oats or something will help to smooth something out a little bit well, i think the one thing maybe we get a sorry go ahead Oh, I said maybe get a nitro system. There you go. Yeah, I mean that's gonna knock a lot of the aroma, <laughs> aroma out anyway. But I um, mean, one thing we didn't talk about really is it, it is an American style, and you have some leeway there to add hops to it if you really wanted to. But it's not mm-hmm. my, my not my preference. I would rather have the, the beer be focused on the, the roasted malt. But there are, there are some other options there to to sort of change that up and add some resiny hops or something like that just to kind of mix it in. But. Um, yeah, it's um, definitely a very drinkable beer, and it's it's not 
you know, drinking it the second time, you know, yeah, I can I can drink this beer. It's not, it's just balanced things mostly for the American Stout style. And it'll, it's a little bit kitchen sink with all the stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, Scott, do you have any other questions for the guys, or we're going to let you go? Um, I think we've uh, covered I just it. Wanna, I just want to thank you guys for having me on and taking the time to judge my beer and give me some recipe suggestions. And I really appreciate your time. That's all. You're cool. welcome, sir. Yeah, well, we appreciate the beer, man. Come on again anytime and come in and see us here. Okay, you hear that, JP? I have to be on again. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> thanks, yeah, no worries, man. Thank you. All, All right. right, thanks, dude. Take care. Later. Bye. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Good beer. Good beer. Yeah, I like it. You know, it, despite that it doesn't fit the specific profile, all that great. You know, the yeah. roast and the you know the ash isn't too harsh. It's just a rich roasty beer, and that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, for I'd sure. I love to taste it against some of the other older, you know, American stouts and see how it actually does. I think you were right on. I, th I think there is kind of a movement to to bring back some of those older style. Like I, we were talking about it on the last show. I think there's this um, there's a there's a pale ale on that tasted more like a mid '90s. Yeah. Pale, or you actually, you know what? That Deschutes, the Armory uh, XPA beer. It's the retro that, beer movement. Yeah, that has that that classic, like, older Pacific Northwest hop, like the Nugget and the Centennial and all that kind of stuff. But with that new beer, or that new hop, uh, kind of gives it a new tropical, tropical kind yeah. of spin on it. And I think, I think that's kind of coming back, that more... I don't know, caramel in the body, more kind of thing, rather than that super dry, no specialty malt, tons of hop forward. I think that kind of, you know, movement is... I think there's time now, waning. like, for a, a historical beer of, like, the 1995 IPA, which would be kind of yeah. be kind of funny in a composition to enter that sort of beer. Like, hey, this is a 1995 IPA. It's <laughs> really, really bitter. doesn't have a lot of hop aroma or flavor, and it has old hops, like the older style hops. Yeah. yeah. And it's really, it's it's kind of malty. And that I think it'd be kind great. Of funny to do this sort of beer. Be yeah. I, mean, I may brew one of those soon. <laughs> All Cascade, super bitter. I think it'd be awesome. IPA. I'll enter. I'll enter it under, under like Kevin uh, Costner or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a brewer. Uh, before we take a break, I want to tell you guys about the iDip. It's the smart water testing kit, or smart brew water testing kit. Again, I'm reading too fast. Uh, it incorporates uh, the revolutionary photometer system, which it's known for. It's the first and only one on the market with its own app. It's for home or commercial use. Uh, it's the only meter on the market that runs water tests with no math needed on your part, so it's great if you're a big dummy like everybody here. Uh, it pairs via Bluetooth and updates your water results instantly to your own personal water profile, which you can then email to the rest of your brew team, or you can put it like on Facebook or something and uh, let your homebrew club know what you're working with. Maybe you want a little bit of, of, of advice on how to build your water profile for the next day or whatever. Uh, you can test over 40 different water quality tests. Four come preloaded and you can get more uh, added as you wish. You can test for things like total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and more. Only four mils of water are needed, uh, needed for each test. Um, go to smartbrewkit.com and enter TBN10 at checkout and save 10 bucks on either the standard or advanced smart brew testing kit. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to uh, give away some prizes, and then we're going to go home. It's Dr. Homebrew uh, Hangout, and we'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. 
Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Now, back to the examination. All right, thanks for hanging out, everybody. Before we get to the prizes, because we always have prizes to give away here on Dr. Homebrew, that's what we do. We like to give you, th- look, you're spending money bring, you know, giving us your beer, dude. The least we can do is give you prizes. Not only are you getting a rad uh, thank you gift from the fine people at Five Star Chemicals, uh, which just for being on the show, but uh, today we're going to give away a $40 gift certificate to grogtag.com. You can go to grogtag.com, check out all the stuff that they have uh, for you to fully customize your beer, your, your whole beer experience from metal signs to tap handles to uh, bottle caps, to whatever you want, man. Coasters, uh, obviously beer labels, and they're reusable, and it's a really great thing. Uh, But before we do that, you guys know about the free BrewGuru app. I'm sure you guys know about that. If you don't, just go download it right now while I'm telling you all about it. It's for home brewers and beer lovers, which you're probably both. It delivers sage brewing knowledge and money-saving deals at breweries, beer bars, and homebrew supply shops. It's designed by the fine people at the American Homebrewers Association, and it helps homebrewers and craft beer lovers explore the world of beer that we all share 
It finds you deals, saves you money on beer. So basically, if you're anywhere near a place, a bar or a homebrew shop that offers that 10% off that you get for being an American Homebrew Association member, then it will boop, it'll push that to your phone and it'll tell you, hey, it's like 0.02 miles away. And then you can go grab a beer, save 10% on wings or whatever the deal is. I don't, you know, I have no idea. Um, it also has a powerful brewery locator, so you can just find just breweries and tap rooms in general, homebrew shops, beer bars, all that kind of stuff. Not necessarily saving you the, the money, but if you just look, if you're out and about and you want to find a place to go drink you've never been before, uh, the Brew Guru, man, it'll help you out. Plus, you can read full length articles from Zymergy which is pretty rad. Uh, just right on the app, man. It's pretty neat. So uh, check it out. It's anywhere you get apps, uh, the iStore or the Android store, or whatever it is. Learn more at homebrewersassociation.org. Um, cool. Okay. So, so what are we giving away? What we're, are we giving away? We're giving away something. Who, who, we're giving away the Rubog grog tags. And a grog tag. What's that? Right. Just, just the grog tag. Just the grog. Tag. We're giving away just the grog tag. I wish we were giving away the oh. beer bug, man. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of the beer bug, we do. You know, the beer bug. It, it, it fits in your on top of your carboy. There's like a weight that drops down into the wort, and it sinks via Wi-Fi to an app. In case you guys don't know, I'm just telling you. And then uh, you can tell exactly when your fermentation kicks off. You can tell exactly where your fermentation is at at any, any given point. And then you can tell when it starts to decline, and then when it stops. You can tell the temperature, all that kind of stuff. So no more wondering, no more guessing about where your fermentation is or if it's even going or whatever. Uh, the beer bug's pretty rad. It's uh, beerbug.com, I believe. Yeah, uh, good people. Keep you from checking your email at work too much you'll be right. checking your for you know where's your where's <laughs> you're your resetting your phone where's man your yeah um okay so, so who won our grog tags the grog tag goes to scott all right scott good job dude thank you dress that stout up yeah <laughs> thanks guys okay. hey i want to tell you <laughs> Appreciate about, it. Um, there we go yeah all right grog um, tags it is better than never uh, Brian, you want to talk to us about Nico Brew? I want Brew? to tell you about right. Nico Brew. Um, Nico Brew has the hops you are looking for, from your standard recipe staples to those hard-to-find ones. After seven years, they're still offering their famous and, um, no, infamous? Or is it famous? Yes. The oh, $5 shipping. <laughs> no, there was another word for it before, like mind-splattering $5 shipping. I don't know. <laughs> Something. And with their super-fast turnaround, you'll be brewing in no time. All their hops are nitrogen flushed and vacuum sealed. I hate it when you get hops that are loose and not packaged. Yeah, it's terrible, right. dude. It's yeah. awful. Yeah. Mylar packaging. Make sure you get the freshest hops available. They even have commercial accounts available to pro brewers and homebrew shops. So hit them up, guys. Um, coming soon, a complete line of pro brewing equipment. That's exciting. Custom built fermenters, brew houses, you name it. Um, Nico's doing some cool stuff over there. Check out the the new Nico Brew swag, onesies, tees for toddlers, and even something for you grown-ups out there. It's not just for kids. Uh, head out to NicoBrew.com today for all your hop needs. Beautiful. Do it. I think you did great. Thank you. Uh, all right, fellas. Thank you very much for sitting here, tasting beer, and uh, you know, teaching our lovely community a little bit about uh, whatever we, whatever, whatever you told them. I wasn't listening, yes. but uh, I'm it's, sure it was a great show. It was great, other than Brian's hazy. Uh, oh, Brian, who's that's there. still there? Almost done. You, you've been drinking that for four friggin' hours it's right been now, like dude. For a month, you've been drinking that. But right it's now. really good. He, I think he brought it with him. No. No? Okay. It's getting better with age. I'm sure it is. Uh, okay, everybody. Uh, you know, look, if you want a more great quality uh, beer 
prog program programs like this. Uh, they're all over the Brew Network. I don't know. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, or not. Look, go listen to, you know, Serial or Lore or something like that. I'll tell you, there's not a thousand other shows like this, though. This there's definitely something. not. No, this is this is, this is is the best show ever on the Brewing Network. But, you know, there's the session and all the other kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, this has been Dr. Homebrew. You guys have been great. We're out of here. All right. All right.